Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Welcome to Oh Captain, my captain. Uh, my name is Mark Olver. I am here with uh, Ricky Masindo. How are you, Ricardo? Are you well? I am great, Mark. How's it going? You look like you're in a different place. I'm not really sure what's going on there. What are you thinking? What What can you see? Tell me what your uh, what your vibe is. I mean, it looks like it could be like the waiting room in a dentist. That kind of vibe. But I'm assuming it's a hotel. Not quite Premier Inn. Maybe Ibis. But I don't know. No, do you know what? Other way, actually. Holiday Inn. Um, oh. In... In Slough. Oh. Um, I, uh, yes, I did. Have I got news for you? Uh, warm up last night. I'm doing, uh, the last leg tonight. Um, another, uh, another role where I'm featuring on the telly again. So, uh, because that's what happened last week with James Acaster, where I had to run off thoroughly. Thoroughly enjoyed listening to you taking control of uh, Oh Captain, My Captain. <laughs> I am the captain now. That was me for the end of that podcast. I don't even know how to end it because I kind of forgot what you do at the end. <laughs> but I realised it's because there's nothing that we do at the end. We just kind of stop talking. Then we say, all right, OK, bye. And Yeah, pretty much. I I wonder sometimes, like we've got you. T- you just told me before we came on that we've got like five thousand listens or something over the yeah. uh, over the series, and so I sometimes think to myself, maybe we should like format it more, make it more professional. <laughs> I sometimes think maybe we should kind of, um, I don't know, focus on like you know the James Acaster one you said got more listens in a week than any other episode. And yeah. So sometimes I think to myself, do you know what? Obviously the, the the listener is responding to the more successful comic. And sometimes I'm thinking the listener is respond should will respond more professionalism and more formatting. And when I listen to other podcasts, I'm like, oh, they've done that really well. And they've obviously taken care in that and blah, blah, blah. And then I think, fuck them. Fuck them all, actually. (laughs) We need something that makes us unique, and that's the lack of effort that goes into it. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, uh, there's a lot of podcasts that have a lack of effort. (laughs) That is true. That is very true. I think we may be... I think our uh, USP... Our unique selling point, our brand, might yeah. be how did they get those guests? Yes, that is with that little it. effort. Exactly, <laughs> that is it. That is it. The talent to effort ratio is the biggest in our podcast than any other one. We have Jimmy and, Carr, but we're on Zoom. But I will tell you, I will tell you this: the listener has got themselves to blame for enjoying episodes like the one with my accountant. Yes, and they do. Because the fact of the matter is, I, I'm the teacher here, mate, all right? This is my... <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do these lesson plans with 
logic. There, there's some sort of logic in my head. It's yeah. very specific over logic, but there is logic there yeah. as to why these things, why I think these things are useful. Yeah, 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 I get that. Um, I don't think we're ever going to do a Chris Ramsey, Rosie Ramsey, Snog Married, Shag Married, whatever their web, their podcast is called. Yeah. That sells out Wembley Arena. I don't think we are going to make millions of pounds and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I do continue to think that this is quite a useful podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's already grown past the point that I thought it was going to get to. Like, Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's at a stage now where it's like it's bigger than the majority of podcasts that are out there. Like, not the majority of popular podcasts, but just on the range of podcasts, just because of how many... We have actual people who listen, basically, regularly. So that puts us in about the top 10% of podcasts technically because there's a lot of volume out there that people don't care about i just like the fact that uh people find it useful i like the fact that uh people listen to it and and find it useful i'd be very interested i get i get no listener feedback apart from friends of mine yeah um and so when people but I'm always interested every now and then someone will come up to me and say, oh, wow, I listened to that. Uh, I listened to that podcast um, and I found that episode really useful. Uh, and I'm glad, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's the, most, it's the best thing that you can hear. And it's, it's good because it's like people find it useful and I hope people also find it interesting. But it's getting, it's getting to a point now where we get followers on Twitter and I don't know who the people are. Like for a long time, it was like, I could always be like, I could always follow that, the chain of connection to either one of us. But now it's kind of like, oh, okay. So these are strangers now. And we're not just talking to our friends in the Bristol and London community. Well, uh, basically, thank you, whoever you are for listening. Um, I genuinely rack my brains at night trying to think of, other subjects and this is nearly we're sort of over halfway through series three um so that's three series in one year and we'll start again i think in 2022 with series four i rack my brains thinking of ideas for episodes that will both entertain inform and also i must admit infuriate people so if you have any ideas things that you want to know please get in contact with us somehow if you listen to this podcast um, and let us know what you want us to talk about um, I've got some ideas which you know I'll throw at you later on yeah. because I always enjoy these curveballs I love it I love the curveballs I went to a gig a couple of weeks ago in London I was doing some warm up um, I've not told this story I don't think because I didn't really basically I'm going to slag off a gig yeah, wow. And I don't, I, I don't will... like, I don't like slagging off particular people and particular gigs. So I I'm going to be slightly vague about this. But I yeah. went to a gig 
Um, I was finished in warm-up. The warm-up finished at about half seven. I went to get myself some food, and there happened to be a comedy night above the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go for the first half of the comedy night. It started about half seven. Um, so I finished my food, and I thought, oh, I might, do you know what? I'm going to I always hear about open mic nights in London. I'm going to go and have a look. So I went up the stairs and firstly, I said to the bar, I went, oh, where's the gig up here? And she went, oh, it's upstairs on the left. So I went up and I thought, surely this can't be on the left because I could see this bright light coming through this door. And I was like, the gig is definitely happening. And yet it looks like an office. Okay. Oh, well, so I'll go in. And it was. The lighting was incredibly <laughs> bright. Um, there were three audience members uh, sat on the front row. Um, four audience members sat on the front row. Um, and then, like, three or four comedians who had been on or were going to be on sat behind them. Okay. Um, the lights in the room were totally on, but there wasn't a brilliant light on the, on the main act. Okay. Um, I sat at the back and I just, it just wasn't very good. And the setup, uh, the, the setup, the gig, everyone seemed quite nice in all fairness. Um, but no one did particularly well. But this was the epitome, I think, of what a lot of those London gigs are like. How many people could the room have held? <laughs> 30 or 40. And how, how many were there, including you and the comics? Four, <laughs> but maybe eight. Oh, God. But you've done classic. those gigs. You've done those yeah. gigs in London. You've seen oh, what those yeah. gigs are like. Yeah. Um, and there was one guy who was on, a guy called Liam, and I watched him, and he's quite new, but I thought he was quite good. I liked his vibe. Yeah. And then I was chatting to him afterwards. This is a long story getting around to the point that we got about being able to die on stage or being uh-huh. able to do badly on stage. Because yeah. I said to this guy, I was like, I think if I saw that gig looking as kind of ropey as that, uh-huh. I would probably just go on and I don't know. Rub ham all over my face, or <laughs> do a weird song about something, or have an idea that I came up with literally on the day, or yeah. perform so badly this stuff that I'm working on just to see if there's anything in it. And yeah. like the London scene, the London gigs, there are so many tricksy gigs that people talk about where there are more comedians than there are audience members yeah like i think i would use that opportunity to mess about Mm, yeah but i also think that because there are so many comedians in london all fighting for spots yeah maybe you don't want to mess around in case you piss off (laughs) <laughs> whoever runs that gigs or you look unprofessional or you look arrogant or you look like you don't mm. give a shit or anything like that. I did a bit at this next act um, a couple of months ago where, do you know that song, The Lion Sleeps Tonight? Yeah. 
A wimbo way, a wimbo way. From the Lion King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this idea, and it really made me laugh. The audience went along with it, um, but it was really weird. Yeah. Of get, of playing it on uh, on my phone so everyone could hear it, but seeing if the audience could whim away at different rhythms to each other and the song itself. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it in my car on the way to the gig, and I was there for it just came on my shuffle. A whim away, a whim away, and yeah. I thought, would oh, it be oh, funny if while I was playing whim, I audience so I had like thirty people in the audience going. Some of them were going. Whim away, whim away, whim away, whim away. Some of them were going whim like, and it was. <laughs> And it was such a stupid idea. Um, it sort of worked. Yeah, yeah. But there's absolutely no way I would do that in a real gig. There's no way that I would do that in a gig I was getting paid money for. There's yeah. no way I would do that in a gig that I was trying to impress people. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a really funny, stupid idea. And I do think sometimes with gigs that people are maybe a little bit reluctant to, to fail, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one because it's like the stakes you have are the stakes you have. Like the biggest gig you've ever done is the biggest gig you've ever done. So if it's like if you are just in London and you go to those gigs like we've described, then those gigs are the ones that you have to take seriously and you can't mess about because it's not like you can do that gig one day and the next day you're headlining the comedy store it's like if that's the be if that's you and you're the level that you're at and you're starting out then that's those are the people that you need to impress but yeah no it's it's nice being able to mess about because like because i've like with this next act like i love doing this next act because i've done my material there so many times now that I'm just like, I just use it to, to just do whatever. And like when I was there last time, I just use it as an opportunity to settle a bunch of bets that I've been having in my house, like a bunch of arguments about stuff, like who would win between a gorilla and a grizzly bear? Is it weird to have sex in the shower on the floor? That kind of classic guy. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that stuff could turn into material or yeah, yeah i mean the sex in the shower on the floor thing has turned into material from that now because uh because i realized i was like actually i was because i thought that it was fine but everyone else in my house thought that it was weird and this next act also thought it was weird so i'm gonna build it into something um we uh brilliantly at that moment by priya <laughs> hall um Hi Priya, are you there? Hello. A whim away, 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 a whim. This will be a good edit for you. A whim away in the jungle, the mighty jungle. I do not edit this podcast. The Priya sleeps tonight. And that is why I'm late, because Priya was sleeping tonight in the jungle. 
Hi, Priya. Hello. How are we? Priya. Very good, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Plodding along. Um, so we, uh, as Ricky just said, uh, the editing process of this uh, podcast, the more medicine uh, Ricky does, the less editing uh, this <laughs> podcast gets. Where are it's your priorities, so, Ricky? So true. There's that. <laughs> I used to spend so much time editing this. Now I'm just like, <laughs> ah, let's leave Mark's ranting about ham or whatever. <laughs> See if the audience <laughs> like it. Fair um, enough. Priya Hall, thank you very much for joining us. A couple of things I want to uh, make points of uh, mm-hmm. before we start. Uh, number one, you're sat in a slightly different position than you often are when I see you on Zoom. Uh, you're by a radiator. Are you cold? Yes, that is exactly what's happening. So basically what happened was I pulled down the curtains in my living room by accident. I hugged out when I was trying to close the curtains. So now oh, I can't no. sit at the window or I freeze to death. So I need to sit next to this radiator when I do Zoom calls. And it looks like um, I've been chained to the radiator. It does a little bit, a little bit Terry Waits. And the other thing, have you got makeup on? I've got foundation on. Have you not got lipstick on? Oh, yeah. I've got a uh, red lip balm. Have you, have you put, basically, have you put your face on to see me and Ricky I've today? That's put basically my face what on. I'm saying. I, honest to God, you do not want to see what is under this makeup at the moment. <laughs> it is pure mayhem. I, um, I had a two-day hangover and I'm just coming off it. Uh, oh really? That's what this that's, is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why my hair is wet. I um did not time my day correctly and slept in because I'm I can't I'm too old to drink anymore. <laughs> um where was uh where was the night out? What was the night out a work thing or a social thing? It was in chapter. I went to the Vandal screening. Um and then we went to the pub afterwards and I mixed wine and gin. Oh, that's a classic. Like an mix. idiot would. Sort of, if you think about it like that. Um, I uh, Vandals is a new show on BBC Three, um, and I watched it the other day. Uh, there's six episodes; they're all about four minutes long. You can definitely bang through all of them. And they're um, amazing. I absolutely loved it. So um, uh, written by. Uh, Leila Nababi mm-hmm. and, and Sean Edwards and Sean Edwards um, and I just thought yeah I loved it like that's it I loved it I've got to say something about it though mm-hmm. I don't want to give it away but there is a part in episode two actually episode two as a whole because they're only four minutes long episode two of Vandals is one of the best four minutes I've spent watching anything for ages it's incredible mm. the fact that they would commit so much it's one of my favorite things ever <laughs> I've watched it too many times if I'm honest have you that scene in particular I don't want to give it away it's, it would be a shame to give it away but uh it's um it's a lot of fun so uh Missindo put yeah. that on, on your list. Their list the very, very good. Um, you two have met, you two know each other yeah, uh, yeah. fairly well. Yeah, quite um, a bunch of times, right? So yeah, I can loads. be uh I can be very honest with Priya here. Priya, I'm very yeah. excited because you are the guest librarian today. Okay. Um the guest librarian is uh the person that comes in and suggests comedy, comedians 
specials, everything and anything to newer comedians. So basically, I'm the inspirational teacher. And then <laughs> when Ricky gets bored of me, he goes to the library and chats to the cool librarian about comedy. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Um, I know this is an audio format, but I just need to let people know that when you said um, I'm the inspirational teacher, Ricky gave you hard side eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm, I am absolutely fully aware uh, that the dynamic is changing quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> In this what series. What do you mean? What's he enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> you literally did a, a quarter of last week's episode on your own. <laughs> That's because you're such a good teacher. I've been inspired. I've been inspired. Soon it'll just be me going, Welcome to <laughs> Oh Captain, my captain. <laughs> he does a very good impression on me. Anyway, Priya. <laughs> We've got you as the guest librarian today. Now, I'm quite excited about this one, and I'll tell you why. Because the guest librarians uh, so far... um, Ricky, do you remember who our first guest librarian was? Uh, Nish, I think. Nish Kumar was our first guest librarian. Do you remember who our second guest librarian was? Our next guest librarian. Did we do... Did Was Jimmy? Jimmy was here? Car was our next guest librarian. We've had Lucy Porter. Uh, yeah. We've had Neil Delamere. Uh, we've had Dane Baptiste. Yeah. Um, basically, Priya, we've had some brilliant guest librarians. Some of the most famous people on this uh, particular <laughs> podcast have been the guest librarians. Sure. And now you want to keep Ricky humble by getting. Well, no. So this <laughs> is my. Th- this is what I was thinking about you as the guest librarian. Mm-hmm. You're like even cooler than the other guest librarians. You are like, you've just come out of librarian college. <laughs> <laughs> librarian okay. school. You might not have even graduated from librarian school because you were caught, you know, smoking crack in the medieval (laughs) history section. That does happen in librarian school. More than you'd think. Um, But the thing I thought was quite interesting is because you are newer than a lot of those other comedians that we've spoken to. And so your inspirations for people who Mm. you listened to when you got into stand-up... might be closer to what Ricky would be listening to or what newer comedians would be listening to now. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, yeah, surely you'd hope so. Um, you were a comedy fan before getting into comedy, weren't you? Yes, a little nerd is what they call me. Um, um, oh, sorry. What did you do? Where did you go? What did you watch? All that stuff. So I first got into stand-up comedy when I was about 11 years old um, when my mum sat me down and had me watch uh, Eddie Murphy's Raw and then Delirious. Wow. That Which is I think a we cool can bad parenting. <laughs> good planning wow. for creating a stand-up. Wow. <laughs> and then um, I used to go and see a lot of live comedy. So when I was about 13, 14, uh, my mum used to take me to the Riverfront Theatre in Newport to watch Rod Gilbert when he was doing his... Uh, tour warm-up stuff uh work in progresses um and yeah then when i was in uni i'd go and watch loads of live stand-up in cardiff but also i've just been watching stand-up forever i remember being a really little kid and insisting on watching jasper carrot a lot that's weird isn't it is that okay 
Um, yeah, no, I'm absolutely fine with that. I don't think Ricky knows who Jasper Carrot is. No, he wouldn't. No, no, I don't. Deep down, I'm just a, a, a an old man from the 70s. That's who I am. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I think this is... And that's who I am. <laughs> I think this is probably the reason me and you get on. Uh, because... I'm a 46-year-old man. Uh, I'm a 46-year-old white man from Bristol, mm -hmm. and you are a early 30s or late 20s Asian girl from South Wales. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I always think of you as, no offence, a man in a white man in his 40s from Bristol. Spiritually, that's who I am, and that's who I've been <laughs> since day one. <laughs> right out of the womb. <laughs> Um, when you went to university uh, in Cardiff, were you were your friends as into stand up as you, or would you drag them along? I have one friend who's as into stand up as me. Um, his name is Daniel. Um, he doesn't do stand up, but he's still really, really into it. But he didn't go to uni with me in Cardiff, so quite often I would either drag people along who weren't really willing to be there. I remember taking my cousin to a stand-up gig once. She left halfway through. <laughs> but she didn't tell me she was leaving. She said she was going to the bar. So, yes, I would quite frequently end up there alone. <laughs> yeah, that's comedy. The audacity. Would you actively go on your own? Um, I don't know. No, probably not. Probably not. I would drag Would you go on your along. own now? Yeah, I'd go on my own now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't think twice. <laughs> I mean, you got it. I do everything on my own now. <laughs> <laughs> Who were your kind of... Obviously, you've mentioned Rod already. Um, what was it about Rod? Um, well, well, the fact that he was Welsh, I think, was, like, quite a big deal to see someone Welsh doing so, so, so well. And I think the fact that we went to see his, like, work in progress is... So they were a bit chaotic and fun, and that felt very that thing about live comedy when you're in the room and you're like, no one else is experiencing this the way I'm experiencing it and no one mm. will ever experience it in the way I'm experiencing it. That was like a big deal. And I think just the fact that he would do local gigs that were like, I think fairly cheap. Otherwise my mum would not have paid for a 14 year old me to go. <laughs> um, yeah. I also uh, went to see Ed Byrne when I was 15 in Porth Call, I think. That's weird, isn't it? Is that weird? I don't think that's weird at all. No? Okay. Nah, no, I mean, the weirdest the weirdest part of that sentence is Porf Cool. Yeah, why is he there? No one well, knows. Well, uh, the, pavilion, uh, the pavilion's got quite a... The pavilion is a good room, actually. It's a oh, good gig. Uh, Porf Cool, Ricky, is a town on the coast uh, in Wales. Weirdly, one of only two places, maybe three places in the country where I'm a bit famous. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Bristol Yeah, Bristol, Bri surely Bristol, obviously Ricky, have you got your phone out to Google Mark Olver Porf Cool? There are sightings of me well, in Porf Cool I was trying to find Porf Cool on the map But now that you mentioned it, let's go for a You mark. won't be able to Mark Olver. They've scratched it off oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Still get messages from people in Porf Cool asking me when I'm going to come back to Porf Cool. <laughs> what did you do in Porth Call that you made such a name for yourself there? Um, I, I regularly compared the uh, Friday night Avalon gig when I was oh, with Avalon um, in Porth Call. It was monthly. There was a bloke called Ken who used to always sit on the front row, a, bloke called, a girl called Tasha who had high heels 
and she used to have and she had one particular pair of high heels that had um water in it and fake got and fake goldfish like um, um, disco stew like disco stew whoever that is we had <laughs> the uh, thank you ricky one day, <laughs> one day uh rob Deering and i did the gig um paul is a sort of seaside town in mm. south wales and so there's lots of b&b's um and one day we came out and there was a girl leaning out of her window um, asking me and Rob Deering to come and rescue her. We don't know what she ever wanted us to rescue her from, but we did knock on the B&B just to say, excuse me, there's a girl upstairs who needs rescuing. You might want to go and uh, rescue that girl. Um, That's so on brand for Porthcall. Yeah, well, really Penzance, is. I used to do a regular gig. And Porthcall, I used to do a regular gig. And yeah, I, I was... A little bit of a celebrity in Porth Court. Porth What an accolade. Porth Court, Ricky, also, and I've never been, but one day I will, um, have the world's largest Elvis impersonator festival every autumn. What? Which is weird, because I thought we'd all that? agreed he was a wrong one. Yeah. Porth Court were like, we know that. And yet but, we will persist. But a lot of us look like him. So. <laughs> We've committed to the whole bit now. We're not gonna. We're <laughs> gonna change at this point. So uh, Rod Gilbert, absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. I would say we had James Acaster on this episode, uh, on this podcast last week. Um, James Acaster's four Netflix specials mm. and cold lasagna are five incredible bits of stand-up. So good. Mm. I would say that. Rod's maybe three Edinburgh shows in a row, Nicholas Lindhurst, um, Mince Pie, Woolwind Mince Pie and Battenberg Tattoo Mm. are three of the best stand-up shows I have ever, ever seen. Yeah. I I was just listening to Mince Pie the other day in the car. Oh, were you? Yeah, just as a little bit of nostalgia. Um... Pie, the one where he talks about uh, um, the togs on a duvet. Yeah. And the um, what a torch bit of with the brightness of a million is. candles. The torch of a brightness of a million candles. And going into a, like, such amazing observational comedy with a surreal edge to it. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely almost, I would say, perfect bits of stand-up. Yeah, so good. It's held up really well as well. I, I say who, that as though I don't listen to it frequently. I really do. <laughs> where do you, How do you listen to that one? Uh, I listen to it on Spotify. Oh, so is it on Spotify? Yeah, there's hmm. loads of specials on Spotify. Yeah, loads. I listen to stand-up all the time. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, who, else, uh, who else did you get into? Who else did you enjoy watching when you were going to... Would you go to the Glee Club or would you go to like smaller clubs as well? I wouldn't go to the Glee Club. I would like to go see people's shows or I would like to go to like local Cardiff open mics. So like Sam Lloyd, uh, who is a comedian down here in Cardiff, had one right around the corner from where I lived in uni um, in the, a pub called The Flora, which I don't think exists anymore. Um, yeah, so I, I would either go to someone's tour show. So like um, I went to see Nish Kumar's tour show and he did it in Club Iverbach. Um Weirdly, do you want to hear a, a sad, mad story? 
Yes, please. Yes, please. When my mum got divorced a second time, uh, she had already bought tickets for her and her then husband to go see Greg Davis in St. David's Hall, uh, but they just split up, but she didn't want to not go and see Greg Davis in St. David's Hall. So two days after my mum's breakup, I went on a date with my mum to go see Greg Davis in St. David's Hall. And we had, I had a lovely time. My (laughs) mum, not so much. (laughs) I had a great time. (laughs) Sounds lovely. Um... Greg Davis is another one who we sort of forget, especially because of Taskmaster yeah. and he's not done stand up so for a while. Good. What a good stand up! Oh my what god, what a machine! Yeah, when was his? He's got a special on Netflix. When did that come out? That was fairly recent, wasn't it? Maybe not. Do you, oh, do you know what? You're going to get really annoyed with yourself because it's probably a lot longer ago than you might yeah. think it is. So That's the one where he's anymore. coming out of the river. Yeah. Um, and on Amazon, they have to cover up his nipples. Did they really? <laughs> yes. It were. It was 2018. Oh, was it 18, was it? 2018. Magnificent. Oh, that's, that's recent, right? Yeah. That's, that's recent. That's that's absolutely pandemic. fine. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, Greg Davies, uh, Rod Gilbert. Um, who else of those people were you kind of, uh, were you watching? So you were watching kind of like... The famousy ones, right? Yeah. The famousy ones who maybe were doing Mock the Week or maybe doing bits mm-hmm. of telly. Um, who else did you? Uh, who else did you go for? Well, on the uh, open mic scene, I got to see people like Cal Stewart when he was very new and he was like seventeen years old and started doing stand up, um, and that was amazing. It was, I, it, I think it was one of those things where you're like, either you see people off the TV, you just see whoever's around, um, mm. and I loved both of them. I loved both ends of it. Um, which is why I don't think I'd have started comedy if I hadn't gone to like the open mics in Cardiff <clears throat> and seen what the scene was like around here and been like, oh, they seem fun and this is very funny, but different to seeing Greg Davis. <laughs> did you did you feel comfortable in those or more comfortable in those smaller gigs watching some of those newer people? Like, because some people really gravitate towards, you know tiny little open mic nights. Mm. Comfortable in what sense? Just in sitting there and watching it? Because probably not. I suppose so. <laughs> Just like the nerds. Yeah. The nerds often find like they found their people yeah. in those mm. places. That's fair. But I, so I didn't actually start doing stand-up until quite a while after going to see quite a lot of, a lot of open mics in. I didn't start till I was 26. So I don't know if I did feel all that comfortable in there, but... It was fun to watch them, but you I think you feel maybe in a safer pair of hands when you go and see some like a massive comedian's tour show. Um, yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. But yeah, oh, quite um, a while afterwards, I started doing stand-up. So I don't, I don't know that I immediately was like, these are my people. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it take you so long? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know. I'd wanted to do it for a really, really long time, but I think there's a real sense of if you don't see people who look like you or sound like you on stage it's hard to imagine a world in which people want to listen to you Mm. but then later down the line you get people like nish ramesh sindhu v um on tv and you're like oh okay maybe this isn't at completely out of the realms of possibility um also i think i was just more confident when i was 26 you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to recognize 20 year old Priya Hall. Oh, oh really? Yeah. What was What's she like? a little dweeb. <laughs> dweeb. 
Did I'm you ever I'm see... not a dweeb now. <laughs> did you ever see me at any of those gigs in Cardiff? I don't think I did. No. The no, there was sort I of a big on the Sherman. Oh, it was the first time I met you. Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to imagine if I was comparing one of those little gigs talking to 20-year-old Priya Hall. Oh, I wouldn't have made eye contact with you. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> um we talk about the whole the representation thing because mm-hmm. so there is that thing, isn't it? If you can see it, you can be it. Mm-hmm. And you often hear about that. I suppose, Ricky, as a young black man, is it slightly different because some of the more famous comedians... I mean, 11-year-old Priya was watching Eddie Murphy. Mm. He is and a black man. loved it. <laughs> <laughs> he is a black man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think the... Probably more in America than in the UK, but mm-hmm. a black male comedian is a very accepted thing by mainstream audiences. Like I don't, it, so it's like it, it just. So I've seen so many black male comedians that I constant that I always thought, oh yeah, there are people like me. There are people doing jokes that I would tell. So, but on the British scene, I never really knew how to kind of incorporate that because there's not that many of us. So it's kind of strange that my style of comedy will probably always be more inspired by American comedy because that's what I've naturally always watched because I've watched a lot of black comedians. Mm. I really like American comedy. I know yeah. a lot of people don't rate it in the UK. I really, really like it. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's different, but it's yeah. like, it's, yeah, I, I prefer it, but it's just because that's what I grew up watching. Yeah. Like, I think it's just a different beast but like there are some people who can do both like who can do the american and the british scene like i think like jimmy Carr mm. does both like i think they really like his stuff and they're getting more used in america to sort of british style of stand-up where it's more got more of a narrative like my biblia yeah. does yeah. stuff that wouldn't be out of place in edinburgh at all yeah yeah no it's true and you'll also you get a lot of american comedians who come to edinburgh because mm. they love the kind of like the difference of the same thing, but it's also a bit like different. But yeah, but but I think in America, the English accent is kind of like, they just love listening to it. So it's like you have your John Olivers that they just love to hear, tell yeah. them the facts of the world and stuff like that. <laughs> Trust me. I think the, what else do you think is the difference between American stand-up and Brit- who do you like, Priya? Which American stand-ups do you like? I watch loads of American stand-up. Um, I have you seen Taylor Tomlinson special? Yeah, Quarter Life Crisis. Quarter Life Crisis. Yeah, so good. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah. Really, okay, really good. so can we just uh, full disclosure? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really watch much stand-up anymore. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, why am I here, Oliver? <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're here, Priya. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> to plug also, a gap. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm. Oh, 100%. Like <laughs> this, um, this particular uh, sort of dream of episodes in Oh Captain, My Captain are there. So when I'm on a drive, I can go, oh, okay, well, I'm now going to go and try and listen to. Taylor Tomlinson? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, because I don't when now that I'm a full-time comic, now that I work all the time, um 
I used to listen to loads when I was a kid. I mean, I think I was probably even weirder than you, Priya. At 11, you were watching Eddie Murphy. At 11, I was watching um, Lenny Bruce and Mort Saul from the <laughs> yeah, 50s pretty, and 60s. That's pretty weird. <laughs> um, and so I kind of, I've totally lost lost track of all those Americans. So Taylor Tomlinson, that is literally the first time I have heard those words. Mm. She's so so good um she's a monster yeah who is she she is uh i think she's 25 or she was when she did that she Mm. does yeah just like observational stander she's very um i would say very john mulaney um Mm. who i also love and uh, i would recommend going and listening to his older specials on spotify if you haven't heard them and then Mm. watching his newer ones and seeing how he's progressed because it's very interesting it's very interesting (laughs) tell Um, me why it's just um, <laughs> stuff that he does in his older, like I think pretty much all of it is aged quite well, but stuff that he does in his older stand-up, you're like, oh, he'd never be able to get away with that now because he's got such a, his profile is so much bigger. Mm, interesting. That I think he has to, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've talked, about John, we've talked about John Mulaney a little bit on this podcast. Mm. And again, I hadn't really listened to much. And so I think it was Jimmy uh, and possibly also Nish who kind mm. of mm. pointed me in the direction of uh, this stuff. Uh, Priya, I am loving this because uh, I can see every now and then your eyes are going, oh, shit, I don't want to give away how much of a dweeb I am. <laughs> um, but more and more, it, it's coming out. It's Priya. You are in a safe space here. I you can, can be as nerdy as nerdy you want to be. Um, who are the other Americans that you like? I really like Mike Babiglia. Mike mm. Babiglia's stand-up's amazing. And he has a podcast called Working It Out, which he started in lockdown, where he talks about how he writes jokes and he has comedians on talking about how they write jokes. Taylor Thompson actually did an episode. So did John Mulaney. <clears throat> and Nish, I think, has done an episode. Oh, nice. Which, that's a really good podcast. Um... Is it a bit like ComCom Pod? Um, it, I think it's it's much more technical. It's so it was a space I think for Mike Babiglia to try out new jokes uh, in lockdown when he couldn't gig. I think he's quite a prolific joke writer, and he wanted an avenue to try them out. Um, so it's a lot of him actually trying jokes, and then they will, yeah, really get into it with uh, comedians. But he's friends with a lot of the people he has on, uh, so things mm. to send into stories of uh life on life on the road as well so it's quite life on the road it's quite fun uh, is it slightly more is it more professional than mine and ricky's podcast <laughs> um, no. no i wouldn't say so no good, absolutely good. not <laughs> has he done an has he done an episode where he interviews his accountant um i'm not gonna say no because i've not listened to all of the episodes <laughs> and i don't want to be a liar <laughs> so <laughs> i don't want to risk ever being a liar on this podcast so good. So uh, we, this is a good list so far. I'm enjoying this. Um, who else? You said you would watch Nish mm. and Ramesh and then Sindhu. Yeah. Um, are there Asian people who made you think, oh, actually, this is up for me? I think so. So I remember going to see Nish's tour show in Club Iverbach in Cardiff and being like, fuck, that was really, really good. Um, and the goodwill in the room that you're like, no, we're, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was like a conscious thing, but I think realizing that 
uh, someone can hold people's attention for an hour, even if they don't look like their mm. audience. It was a very white audience. Um, was like quite an interesting experience, quite a, an informative experience for me. Um, and then, um, so my mum used to like watch a lot of Shaprat Kosandi as well, which I know she's Iranian, not Indian, but I don't think that mattered to my mum. <laughs> so she was like, good enough. Um, yeah, I think it is, I think it's useful and informative because um, it's probably not a conscious decision that you make. Like me waiting until I was 26, I prob- probably wasn't consciously like, no one wants to listen to me in Valley's pubs because they will not respond well to me. Um, but being able to see it and see people do so well with it, like Nish is fucking amazing. And um, watching him do that in Club Rabach was, yeah, a very form- informative experience, I would say. Um, have you been to any Desi nights? Uh, yes, I went. Have you done them? No, no. <laughs> I went to one in Glee Club on which birthday was it? It was before I started doing stand-up. And I was so hammered. Um, I should not have been there. I had fun though. I had fun. But it was very confusing because all of my friends came with me and a lot of my friends are white. <laughs> so it was a sea of brown faces, then a little, little cluster of white people <laughs> that I brought along. Um, can you explain, um, sort of, I've never been to a Desi night. Can you explain, uh, do, do you know what a Desi night is, Ricky? No, no I don't. Literally never even heard of it. Oh, it's just okay, like... so well, firstly, I say Desi nights. I never quite know why they're called. I never. I don't know what Desi means. First um, of all, it just means Indian, right? Desi or like brown? Oh, does it? Does it? <laughs> oh, okay. I think so. <laughs> we'll, accept that. we'll accept that at face value. Okay. Yeah. yeah exactly. We're gonna have to accept it. At so face in my value. family, when they pour drinks, they will refer to it as Desi measures, um, and that just means that there are no rules. <laughs> Mm. People <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Interesting. Um, oh, yeah, and they're just lineups. Don't of know the etymology people. behind Desi. I don't know the etymology behind it. Why was it my job to know the etymology behind it? <laughs> That's why you're here. You white people are the ones that are so interested in etymology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us white people. <laughs> yeah, good point, Ricky. Point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well done for not taking one for the team, Ricky Masino. <laughs> <laughs> Put it all on this etymology-obsessed white boy. Uh, yeah, it's just a word describing, yeah, people of the Indian subcontinent. Yeah, there's literally no... Yeah, it comes from a Sanskrit word. That's there literally we go. It, meaning land, country. And it's sorry just for word. not knowing Sanskrit, Oliver. I'm sorry that I've let you down <laughs> for not knowing Sanskrit. <laughs> That's ancient, ancient language. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) fine. Um, So I've got a question, which I've never asked anyone before. Okay. Okay. Um, Here we go. Ricky, uh, get ready with the edit on this one. Okay. Um, We all know that Ricky is going, ha-ha, over it. If Olver's hesitated, I'm definitely not fucking editing this out. This yeah. is, yeah, this future is saying... Me. Future right. me, keep this in. Whatever this is. <laughs> Leave this in. I haven't even this heard it yet. This is about the Sanskrit language. I swear <laughs> <to God. laughs> Have you ever done a gig in Sanskrit? <laughs> so, 
referred to Ricky Masindo earlier as a young black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a phrase that you hear quite a lot, a young black man. I am comfortable using that. I am not comfortable saying Priya Hall, <laughs> my young brown friend, or Priya Hall. <laughs> I see Shaparak uh, do this as well. Um, uh, describing herself as beige. Yeah. Um, and my uh, own friend, my... Oh, hold on a second. I've got a new thing. Did you see that, Rookie? Yeah, what was that? What happened there? The, the, I listened to the last episode. Your obsession with the basic functions of Zoom <laughs> is <laughs> genuinely insane. It's unhinged. <laughs> this is such an auditory podcast. It's so not visual. <laughs> oh god I'm gonna uh, have to I'm gonna keep this in I love it um, Priya, is this you, you asking ever... if you're allowed to call people brown yeah that's what it is that's exactly what it is I would say maybe don't <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe don't um, I don't know why we use brown we just do it's a catch all <laughs> but only uh, we but... use it <laughs> I can use black. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Maybe you can use brown. I don't know. I you can't do use. use black. Uh, well, what I would say is, if you use brown, do not then immediately follow up by saying, don't worry, Priya said I could say it, because I want no part of this. I want no accountability. Can I describe someone as brown if I then go into five minutes about how I discovered that I could do a thumbs up on Zoom. Yes, yes, and that's fine I mean, because what you'll be doing then is bamboozling your way out of a, tr- a sticky situation. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and it yeah. will be a sticky situation. It will, it will be. Don't worry, I'm Trust not threatening. It'll be sticky. I'm just silly. <laughs> is Oliver frozen? I think he. I think he has. It usually lasts a couple seconds. There you go. Hello, Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Um, I don't know what happened, and my entire uh, my entire Wi-Fi in the hotel went down. Oh. Okay, it's good, it's that good. was the hotel good. saying, "Definitely don't say Brown." <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I am in Slough. Oh, but definitely that was the hotel saying, "Don't say Brown." <laughs> <laughs> Slough. Um, well, I'm. I mean, I'm more than happy to continue this conversation and see that we're there. But it basically seems like the conclusion to this is. Uh, white people shouldn't call Asian people brown. I don't know. Or yeah, beige? Probably not. Definitely or beige. not beige. Or just They're like, definitely not beige. <laughs> get like a colour wheel out and be like, ah, oh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Mocha. <laughs> Mocha. <laughs> we're, happy with, we're happy with Asian. Yeah, so that's fine. That's allowed. I to be honest, so. I don't know why you... Um, why, I assume you're going around sticking labels on friends. <laughs> it's like sticky notes. Yeah. This is how Just I Just to keep track of the situation. <laughs> Sorry. All right. As a progressive male, I need to know what to call you. Don't worry. It's just for the tally. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I have no. seven black friends. <laughs> um... The point of this mm-hmm. is because we can talk about black comedy, mm. yeah, um, but we're talking about Asian comedy. 
Yeah. I was talking about Asian comedians, sure. and I wondered if I was, uh, and I wasn't even wondering. I wasn't even because I know that I can't. I was just opening up the conversation. <laughs> so, saying what, like brown comedy. Well, I would say sort brown of, but but again, I ask you not to. <laughs> <laughs> brown no, I think you told me not to. <laughs> yeah, I think you told me, and I told you again. Think- if you do. Just don't pin it on me. <laughs> you warned me not to. Interesting. So what? What? So wait. So it's called Asian comedy. Asian comedy. Well, I think these nights, uh, these nights are often marketed and billed as Desi nights because okay. they're marketed towards brown people. What was lovely okay. being in that gig was that the audience was brown, and that's like not something you see all that often. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Do you uh, do you enjoy that? Um, as an audience member? Yes. Yes, I think so. It's nice being in spaces that you're not used to being in. It's like when I go to Leicester and I go to Melton Road and I'm like, okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, I've got another Mark Over question. Go on. A Mulver question. <laughs> so I often think this. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> here we go okay it's coming it's what coming. do you often think go on no i just love i love the build-up it's just as my favorite part i don't even care what the question <laughs> is i just love the audience thinking Ooh. oh no <laughs> we're in it now and it's never as bad as you think it's gonna be but it's just this moment <laughs> give it time one. ricky <laughs> <laughs> it can be if you just allow him the space <laughs> <laughs> So, when you're in Leicester, yeah. um, you said, you know, it's great being there. When you're in Leicester, you're not going to say hello to every other Asian people who is there, are you? Because <laughs> you look like a weirdo. Yeah, yeah I would look in, yeah. I would look in if, you, if you were in Penzance or Porkall, or if you were in West Wales, if you go and see a Larry Morgan's family in West Wales, mm-hmm. and you're in a tiny little village, and uh, there was another Asian person in this village. Okay. Would you get eye? Would you get eye contact with that Asian person and give them a little eyebrow rise? And it's the same for Ricky. Ricky, you're not saying hello to every black person in <laughs> Bristol. No. But if you were in a predominantly white campsite in the middle of Dartmoor or in the middle of Wales, and there was yeah. another black guy, yeah. would you make the effort to talk to that other black guy? Both no. of you can answer this question. Not I talk to, but maybe no. if I was in a room and we made eye contact, we would acknowledge each other. Do you know what's lovely? Is when I'm doing a gig and the audience is completely white, except for one brown person, I will do the gig entirely to that brown person. <laughs> that one is for them. <laughs> That's for them. Uh, yeah, for me, for me, there's, I wouldn't say hello, but there's a thing called the black man nod, mm. where it's like when you're walking towards another black guy, you just go, yo, is that your, what's up? We're the same, we're the same person, yo. And then you walk, you walk away and you go about your day. You just You're not doing that in like central London and no, Bristol, no. are you? No, but you are. I mean, in Clifton, you are. That, yeah. <laughs> if you're seeing a black person in Clifton, you need to be like, whoa. Yo. It's when you might need an ally. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You never know what could happen. <laughs> when things get, can... spicy, <laughs> when things get spicy, you need to know someone's going to help out. They're cool with us now, but this town has history. You just walk <laughs> you walk past them and you give them a nod. 
<laughs> they go with us now for this town as history. <laughs> um, are there other stand-ups uh, <laughs> that you think new newer comics, uh, whether they're white comics, uh, whether they are black comics, whether they are Asian comics? There you go. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Are there other stand-ups that you think? Oh, do you know what? I learned so much from that person. Um, yes, loads. And now you've said that, it's hard to think off the top of my head. I like watching a really, really eclectic range of stand-up because I think you get you get things from everyone. Like, um, I really like watching Ali Wong stand-up. Um, very weirdly, someone watched it the other day and said, oh, I get what you picked up from Ali Wong. And I'm like, I don't think I bring any of Ali Wong's energy to stage. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, that's not me. <laughs> um, I like uh, May Martin stand-up. I think they're very, very cool. Um, and I like storytelling stand-up, even though I don't do much storytelling myself. I think it benefits you to watch as, as much stand-up as possible. Uh, yeah. Would you like to do storytelling? <laughs> Would you like to do storytelling stand-up? Yeah, maybe. Um, when I'm doing more, uh, like, longer sets and you've got the room to, to do it. Um, that being said, oh, I hate I hate when the audience is quiet, and you mm. need that when you're telling a story. <laughs> That's very true. It's very true. I like immediate feedback. Yes, please. <laughs> Let there I be want... no doubt in this exchange. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need constant laughs, or else what is there? <laughs> I wonder whether that is the difference between American stand-up and British stand-up. Mm. Is that... the that maybe British stand-ups are more comfortable with the pauses, more comfortable yeah. with the the pace of it. It's a little bit like the difference between football and American football and basketball and all those. Whereas, because mm-hmm. football is as much about the build-up to a goal. It's as much, there's a British thing yeah. of, oh, it'll happen eventually, it'll be fine. Whereas yeah. basketball is boom, boom, boom. This is happening, that's happening. This play's going on there. The quarterback's going to do that. Mm. You've and... completely lost me at your sports references. Oh, I know. Damn. I'm like... I know I did. <laughs> but I'm going to come back <laughs> Did round. you see me glaze over the minute you yeah, said no, the I, football? Uh, I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm still kind of there. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm also, I can, it's not even an analogy if I use comedy because in America, the culture of festivals, whether it's Montreal, which is the big one, but also Aspen, is if you compare the culture of those big American festivals to the biggest British festival, which is Edinburgh, in Edinburgh, everyone tends to do their hour. In Montreal, most people do their seven-minute showcase routine. You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of... In America, Teddy is much more interested in... Your type uh, In a type five, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of American comics, although they can build up amazing material like Seinfeld, like um, all of these great comics, they, to get that profile in the first place, they are doing sevens, all of the time, which mm. is why mm. there is no fat on their seven minutes at all. Yeah. Um, whereas in this country, people are so much more used. And it does go back 
a long way, even before Edinburgh, actually. But we are so used to doing those longer shows. It even goes yeah. back to people we mentioned at the beginning, like Jasper Carrot, who was a contemporary of people like Mike Harding and Billy Conley, who is the most famous one of those. Mm. Billy Conley never really had to compete with other comedians on a mixed bill doing mm. seven minutes, ten minutes, blah, blah, blah. Billy Conley was doing solo touring shows um, pretty much right from the off. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's from the... It's the inception... <clears throat> it's a different inception of both types of comedy. Like, America is more the nightclub... Like yeah. that's where that, that's where comedy happens. Like people are drunk. The shows sometimes tend to be later. You might have shows even going until two a.m. stuff like that. But in the UK, it's more like comedy is more like music, like pub, yeah, like theater, yeah, mm. theater, like drama, that kind of vibe where you might not even think you're going to become a comedian. You might be an actor or a drama kid and be like, oh, I might give comedy a try. Like, that's kind of the vibe you have. But in America, it's the jokes at far, at 2 a.m. where you're trying to entertain a bunch of drunk people with a short attention span. Mm. I think that's what's interesting about um, acts like Mike Babiglia, um, who is an American act doing storytelling and like long form shows that have a narrative because it's an American accent. So you're not used to seeing that from mm. him. And it's not just like joke, 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 done, gone. And you're like, when you're watching American specials, it can be very much like, whoa, what, what just happened? It's just finished. Um, he builds very slowly to it. Um, and that's like really interesting to see from a very American point of view, because he like lives in New York. He's <coughs> American and, um, yeah, in an American accent. It's just really interesting to watch. And it feels new, even though I'm used to seeing Edinburgh shows like that. Um, yeah. And maybe yeah. why people like Rose Matafeo and stuff are doing quite well all over now, because they're getting more used to seeing, Americans are getting more used to seeing like long form stuff. Like Horn yeah. Dog, I think has done really, really well, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's it such has. a good show. Yeah, it? and Ditto Acaster. Mm, and, yeah. Um, um, Daniel Kitson has done really well, kind of. Mm -hmm. Uh, not on telly in America because he doesn't do that, but live shows yeah. uh, in New York and stuff. Um, and again, you're absolutely right. It's all about, there's this thing about technological determinism where basically things change because of technology. And because streamers mm. now want 50 minutes or an hour, the mm. Americans are basically learning to do their 50 minutes or an hour again. Because yeah. the fact yeah. of the matter is, back in the day, that's an album, two sides of an album was pretty much 50 minutes. So Steve Martin, Nelly Bruce, Mort Sarge, Joe Rivers, Richard Pryor. Um, yeah. I mean, Eddie Murphy. There you go. Mm. I mean, those are perfect examples of long form sets. You probably, if you were to look at Raw now, mm. you would probably discover that it wasn't as relentless all the way through as maybe yeah. we think it is mm. yeah 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 i mean that's why that's why it was called a special because doing an hour for an american comedian is like a big was a big deal but now because of netflix and like hbo and comedy central wanting that amount of time now it's not really a special thing anymore but in yeah. british comedy that long form thing has been there for a while mm. 
Um, is it possible for Ricky for you to make a note to remind me that uh, the next time we do uh, this podcast, I just stick the comedy because because um, <laughs> yeah. when I talk about comedy, I seem to know what I'm talking about. When I <laughs> when I discuss anything else, um, I basically start some sort of minor race war. Yeah, so... and the internet cuts out when you get censored by the universe. <laughs> censored by the universe. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the good thing about this, is it can go in any direction. <laughs> we pretend to have a topic. Sure, I'm we're in control much... of the situation, but are we? Oh, we are we? I would much rather, I would much rather say these things out loud and ask them than, uh, and ask people who know stuff than just kind of stay in uh, ignorance yeah. all of my life. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I take the piss, but it's I actually didn't know that Brown wasn't acceptable either. I, I, it I, probably is. I just don't. <laughs> no, hold on. I don't you want to be linked to no. all the calling people Brown, <laughs> is what I'm saying. It probably is, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I don't want to take responsibility if it isn't. I yeah, don't know. I, okay, I love I don't that. think I... Would I? If the first time I met you, Arthur, you went, oh, a brown one. <laughs> How would I respond? <laughs> Tick is the question. Tick. No, a big old tick. Big old Good for Here us. Is your label? Is your label? <laughs> Sorry, I've run. I've run out of brown. Will you take beige? <laughs> uh, oh, I love how we made it sound so much worse than it was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and now it's it. entirely down to Ricky as to uh, how he edits this. Um, yeah, I, I hope he edits out all of the comedy talk, and this is just it. And it's like, yeah, oh, this. This episode's only 15 minutes long and it's all this talk. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. No, what we'll do, if we edit out all the other stuff, it won't be 15 minutes long. It will be an hour. But yeah. Ricky will just edit in loads of pauses. <laughs> <laughs> just us. And then at the end, just some quiet whimpering. <laughs> just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Make it so much more awkward. <laughs> Oh, just man. the next time I see Priya, she'll be like, "Yeah." So, did you know that me and Ricky met up again to do another version of the podcast? <laughs> Basically, we listen to what you're saying, and then we just comment on it by just going, <laughs> "Oh dear." The oh. director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> loads of gasping. <laughs> Can you believe he asked those questions? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's time to find out. We can do a survey of the audience. Brown question yeah. mark. Brown. Brown. Um, doing lockdown. Hope... Oh, sorry. During lockdown, I was in a Facebook. I mean, I'm still in the Facebook group with two other comedians, and every week we would watch a special and um, chat about it. It was like a book club for specials, oh, and nice, I think nice. you should start one of those, Oliver, where you actually watch some stand up. <laughs> watch some goddamn stand up. So that when I say, "Have you seen Taylor Tomlinson?" You're not like, "That is the first I've ever heard of that human being." <laughs> 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 yeah, but there's a lot of stuff out there in the world, isn't there? There is. There is. I'm listening much. to um, a podcast series called "The History of Rock and Roll in 500 Songs." Mm. Oh wow! Um, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Uh, I'm up to song ten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a long way to go. Um, enjoying it it's a very very good podcast but <laughs> fuck me there's a lot of them is it a song it's not a song per episode is it 
Oh Christ on a bike, yeah. You're oh, never okay, okay. No. Cool. And it starts in like 1930. We're not even up to the 50s yet. We're still kind of before the real birth of rock and roll. Wow. Um, it's, is... fasc- it's an absolutely fascinating podcast. Um, and a British I- version would be fascinating. Yeah, 500, 500 songs, and I am, and I am on episode ten. Yeah. I've got a long, long way to go. If Taylor Tomlinson um, comes over to the UK and is on eight out of ten cats, then I'll watch. I'll watch Taylor Tomlinson. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor Tomlinson is ever on. If, if Taylor Tomlinson, this is an open invite, Taylor, if you're listening, come and do pointless. <laughs> Point the celebrities or the chase, then <laughs> then I'll I'll watch your stuff. <laughs> you hear that, Taylor? It's time. Get off your ass and come to the UK. You're not even trying. Twenty five years old with a Netflix special. Not even trying. <laughs> Eight out of ten cats. Uh, if Taylor's not prepared to do. Uh, I don't know. What's one of those like cash in the attic or celebrity road trip or bargain off? Absolutely. Get get her on Bake Off Extra Slice. This is brilliant. I will absolutely. I'm really glad, I'll be honest with you, when you said Taylor Tomlinson, she did this. And I was like, oh, it's a woman. Ah, oh, Taylor. Uh, Taylor, feel free to come on the podcast. If, Please do, yeah. <laughs> Please do. Is, uh, is Taylor Tomlinson, um, where would uh, which, um, where would Taylor be on my, um, uh, my colour chart? chart? Okay. There you go. She is white. She is, <laughs> she is very white. Like, so no label required for Aggressively her. white. Ah. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh dear! I thought I think I need to lie down. <laughs> yeah, so do I. That was that was a very. I think uh, maybe keep a low profile in Slough today. <laughs> Slough. <laughs> uh, I'm going to. Yep, yeah, I'm going to uh, leave my Dulux color chart at home. Yeah, right, <laughs> so. Um. Well. Priya, I, I usually I say thank you to the guests coming on, but yeah. um, I don't know if I want to say thank you today because uh, I've, you've given me a lot of questions that I have to uh, answer within my brain. I think what's happened here is you've given me a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> you've invited me on uh, to talk about stand-up and gone, but while we have you here. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. I am defending myself now because Priya mentioned brown comedians and brown audience members. And so I was acting. My job as the host, co-host of this, is to ask those questions so the audience can, you know, also fully engage. Fair enough. Yeah, it's taught me something as well. But didn't we establish at the start of this that deep down I'm just a 40-year-old man from Bristol? That's true. That is true. Yeah, that is very true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You are essentially, I am essentially your spirit animal. And I'm yeah. sorry, there's <laughs> nothing you can do about that. Mark Olver is my spirit animal. <laughs> oh my. Let me get that tattooed on me. Mark Olver is my spirit animal. <laughs> I've not been this awkward in a conversation since uh, I asked Ricky in front of Tanya Moore if Ricky had any black friends. <laughs> um, 
I don't think I've ever heard you be awkward about anything. You were not awkward in that. You confidently asked it and continued. You've got no regrets, and that's why you brought it up again. <laughs> you continued. <laughs> I did. I yeah. brought it up because I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to ask Priya. Priya, you went to a... You went to a... Uh, a Desi night with loads of your white friends. Yeah. Did you not have any Asian friends you could take with you? I did. They just didn't want to go. <laughs> no, did they not? No, I'm not really interested in stand up. Ah, oh, shame. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sometimes the silences are as good as anything else. <laughs> Don't need to edit in any pauses there. <laughs> in a podcast. In a podcast. Sometimes the silence is good. I. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to take the helm here and just put this to an end. No, Ricky! No! Put it down. You end another, I'm not letting you end another episode. This dog needs to be put down. No. This is cruel at this point. Shoot it between the eyes. She's had a good life. She's had a good life. Let it go. Um, oh, Christ. Thank you very much for being a guest on the last ever episode of Oh, Captain, My Captain. Thanks for um, having me. It wasn't That's going to be. Um, right, can we all go now? Yep. Yeah, surely. <laughs> Thank you. Um, goodbye, Bria Hall. Goodbye. Thank you Thank so you much, having me. You've been Lovely to see you, Ricky. It's lovely to see you, Mark. Bye. Love to see you again. Bye. Bye-bye. That was lovely. Yeah. No, it was, um, it was different. I sort of felt uh, that we... Uh, the conversation about stand-up wasn't as interesting as I thought it was, so that's why I uh, uh, made it into something slightly different. Yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, people are here to hear us talk, so whatever is the most interesting thing. But also, like at heart as well, the idea of talking about being the only Asian woman a gig or being you know hmm. i still think those are fascinating conversations yeah yeah no i mean it's uh and i want yeah. people who listen i want newer people who listen to this podcast to be able to go oh shit okay right it's not weird to feel like that because they also feel like that yeah and hearing someone like priya um talk about that kind of thing is definitely useful i mean like we were saying for me it's like black men how like Richard Pryor is one of the like most famous comedians of all time. So it's like, I've always been had that to be like, oh, you know, even though I'm a minority in it everywhere else in stand up comedy, everyone sees black men as like uh, some people who can be comics. So it's good to have someone who's Except there's still not enough young black men outside of London who exactly. decide to be comics, which is where this exactly, all came yeah. from and which is a weird, uh, still a weird thing. Yeah, which is a weird thing, which is even more strange because there's so many black male comedians, but just not in the UK. Yeah, I just think as soon as we dis- as soon as we discover um, a black Mancunian or a black Geordie or a black Bristolian um, who can get to the point that Mo Gilligan has got to, or an Asian guy who gets to the point that Ramesh has got to, but they've got you know the West Country accent. I'm guessing Gus Khan has made a massive difference to Asian men all around the country who go, mm. oh, okay, brilliant. Right, I can do this. Mm. We've not yet had that with a black, male or female comic. We've not had a non-Southeast one yet. 
Mm, yeah, no, that's probably true. Yeah, like with the London accent. Um, yeah, and I'm very much a, <clears throat> I'm very much a Londony boy. So I oh, can't... you are, you are absolutely, and but I think it's, um, you know, and we've had people of colour do gigs in Bristol who've been to Bristol Uni. You know, your James Trickies, your mm. Pravs, blah blah blah. But it is the idea of go of the change will be when and it will this is the thing telly people want it when and this is why Priya is doing so well like an Asian Welsh girl absolutely magnificent you know mm, exactly um, yeah uh, there's a in the BBC <coughs> he didn't quite make the showcase but the regional finals but I wanted him to it's a black Irish guy called Sean Iosa oh, um, wow. who's quite new um, and if he can kind of break through a little bit, like, fuck me, telly people are all over that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely, they'll lap that up. Um, right. I'm, uh, I thoroughly look forward to listening to this episode back. Very curious. Yeah, my trusted hat. Always. Goodbye, bud. See you, Bye. See everyone.